This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Listen, I was sitting down and I was journaling this morning. I had a early morning client call, and I, when I do my client calls, I like to go on a little 30-minute walk. Most of my calls are around 30 minutes. Now, these are calls that I typically do with a lot of individual training clients, a lot of my online clients. It gives me an opportunity to check in with them, but was out on my walk, and then I came back and went through my morning routine and was kind of catching up on the journaling. Now, when I was sitting down and journaling, my, my thought and, and all of the things that I wanted to write down today were based around what my most successful clients do, right? right? Like what are the characteristics that they portray at their, or that they have to find success in whatever their transformation journey is? So if you're a coach listening to this, all of these can be bullet points that you can look at within your clients and maybe give them as tasks or new habits that they can pick up. Or if you're a person just looking to transform your body or change your life or you know, you're going through your fitness journey, I hope that some of these bullet points can kind of help you to, you know, maybe course correct or get back on track or just add to what you are already doing. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's show. But as always, guys, before we jump into the show, I need you to do two things for me. The first thing would be to simply take a screenshot on your phone, post it on your Instagram story, and then go ahead and tag me in it. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith. You can also tag our gym as well at Virtuous Fitness WA. This gives us an opportunity to connect with you, to answer your questions, maybe to dive a little bit deeper in what we are discussing in today's show. Nonetheless, it gives us that, that you know, that uh, connection line to go over things and to discuss. The second thing you can do would be to head on over to iTunes, give this show a five-star rating review, tell us what you like about the show, maybe give us guests that you would like us to reach out to to get onto the show. Nonetheless, leave that rating review. It helps us to get into the ears of more listeners just like yourself. So again, screenshot on your phone and then head on over to iTunes and leave that five-star rating and review. Now, with any, without any further ado, you guys, let's go ahead and jump into today's content. So I mentioned in the intro that I wanted to really lay out a list of things that I have found that all of my most successful clients do, right? These are characteristics or habits or just simply, you know, in my, on my journal here, they're just simply bullet points. But ultimately, I sat down this morning and went on for about two pages, really thinking into what are some of the things that people that I have had success with do really well and do consistently. And a lot of this was prompted because I feel like this year, or really even last year, with COVID-19, with the political climate of the world, with just all of the, the things that are going on and all of the negative around, more than ever, I have had a, a ton of clients that just can't seem to find the success that they want. Now, I've had some that are extremely successful, but on the other side of that, I'm specifically talking in this episode to the people that are having trouble. And just know that if you're listening to this or you're coming to this, and whether it's in your business, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in your fitness, it doesn't really matter. This year has in my coaching career have been some of the, the, the hardest times to coach through because there's so many different variables and so many different things going on. We've got people that have lost their gyms. We've got people that have built home gyms and are struggling to stay motivated. We've got, you know, 
issues with finding the groceries that you need at one point. We've got people that are just not motivated to, to do the things that they need to do. And, and it's been a struggle. So if you're, in, if you're coming to this show from that very place, just know that you're not alone and know that I'm not going to sit here and say that it, is, it has been a normal thing, but just know that for right now, it is a normal thing. Now, my hope would be as you listen to these things today that, number one, write them down, come back to them, revisit them, compare what you do currently against this list of things, and see maybe if you can implement one or two things into your life, right? I, I guarantee that if you just simply implement one of these 10 things that I'm going to lay out on today's show, you will walk away better from it and you will improve some aspect of your fitness journey, of your business, of really anything you do just by implement, simply implementing one of these items here. So again, I want to leave you guys with the, at the end of today's show with 10 things that what I find the most successful clients in fitness do really, really well. Now, the, the overarching theme of this show is I believe that the most successful people in life, in, in business, in fitness, take a systematic approach to their success systematically, meaning they, they, they make a system that will essentially forecast that they will find success. Now, funny story about this is that my wife and I probably, at the time of recording this show, probably about three weeks ago, we're, we're riding in our car. My son plays select baseball for a, a local baseball team, and we're, we're driving out to one of his tournaments on a Saturday. He had already ridden to the game with his a good buddy of his and their family, they often like to get there early. We come with, you know, the, the, the other, you know, I got three kids. We'll come with the other two kids later. So we're driving on the way there. And randomly, my wife decides that she wants to start looking at horoscopes and, and, and you know, the, uh, the stars and all these different things. And, and horoscopes for me have always been, honestly, has been one of those foo-foo things that I haven't really been too excited on or, or haven't really given much merit or much, uh, you know, validity to, but she just ties to pull out the horoscopes. And, and I don't know why she did this. She's not typically one that will get into these sorts of things either, but for whatever reason, she starts reading horoscopes and, you know, she's reading all these different ones. And we're looking at the horoscope for my oldest son, for my middle son, for my youngest. And, you know, these horoscopes typically will talk about just, you know, particular traits or mindsets or what to expect in the future based off of your, you know, particular horoscope sign. And she gets to mine. And ultimately, I, I'm, I was born in September, so I'm a Virgo. She goes and she starts reading the Virgo horoscope. And inside of that horoscope, as she's going through it, in my mind, I'm just kind of blown away because I'm just making tick boxes mentally of all of the things that this horoscope is basically describing me on. It's going through all these different characteristics that I, in fact, have. And I was really just kind of blown away by it. Now, ultimately, she got to one particular bullet point and she says, this is so you. She says that a Virgo takes a systematic approach to everything they do in life. Now, for me, this is extremely true because for my business, for my body, for relationships that I have, for things that I want to improve in my life, I almost always will make a system of success around those things. Now, you can make an argument and say, well, Cody, that works for you. That is, the, the, you know, that is just something that I'm not going to be able to do really well with. And I would have you consider that all of the successful people that I have all of the successful people that have changed their body, all of the most successful entrepreneurs that I have met, 
they all take a systematic approach to their success. They all lay out in a, in a very simplistic way the way that they will find success. Now, with that in mind, let's start talking about from the fitness side, what are the 10 aspects of all the most successful clients that I have? Number one is going to be everybody that I have ever found that has had success in transforming their body tracks their food. That means they're tracking macronutrients, they're paying attention to their calories, and they do it every single day on a consistent on a consistent basis. Now, for a lot of people listening to this, that may be a struggle. Now, if you're a coach, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that this is, to, this is going to be a true case because in my opinion, that when it comes to tracking macros, when it comes to tracking your calories, it becomes, it becomes this very simple equation for transformation that is just simple numbers. If we can you know, do the right things with a person's metabolism, if we can increase their calories, take them through a proper nutritionally periodized year of their diet and their, their fitness journey, we know that we can almost down to the week or the month, if we get things right and the variables are the same, we can almost surely uh, uh, forecast when their transformation is going to be complete and when they will reach that transformation point. Now, for a lot of people listening to this who have never tracked food, it's hard to really conceptualize how simple it can be. Now, tracking macros and, and, and tracking food in general is simple, but it's not easy. Yes, it can be tedious to enter every single thing you eat every day. Yes, it, it makes it very difficult to eat out and to be able to be social. Yes, it does make that extra step added to your meal routines and, and whether it's breakfast, dinner, lunch, doesn't matter. Yes, it adds that extra step. But doing what a lot of times people doing what they're currently doing now or, or their current you know, schedule or structure of how they do things with their food, doing it that way for a long period of time has not yielded any change in almost all cases. So when we switch and we start tracking and we start getting into paying attention to what the exact amounts of things we are putting into our body it becomes very simple to make a change. And what I love about that is there's a quote that goes along with this. This says, what does not get tracked cannot be transformed, right? So if we don't know that what we're eating, we don't know what we're consuming, if we do not know what the inputs are, it is impossible to affect the outputs. Okay, so number one of all the most successful clients that I've seen, they track their food. Number two, almost all the successful people that I've ever seen or worked with practice some sort of mindfulness. Okay, so this can be very simple. It can be meditation. It could be breath work. It could be journaling. It could be, you know, watching a motivational video every single day. Mindfulness is this practice of working to improve the, the, the I, I would say, the positive feelings that you have in your brain. Now, let me see if I can find, you know, what a, a definition of mindfulness. And, and for me, a, a, a definition for mindfulness is going to be time that, um, I spend just trying to improve my mind. So let me see what I can find here. I'm sure there's something, uh, something that academia has put out here that can be helpful. So um, it is a mental state achieved by focusing on awareness in the present moment and acknowledging feelings, thoughts, and sensations. Now, this is a therapeutic technique, right? So when you hear that definition, that means that you are working on just simply improving your current state of mind. For me, my, my most favorite mindful practice, and I actually do both of these every single day, is I like to journal for one page. I, I write down in my journal, and some people get hung up on what journaling can or, 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 or shouldn't be or what they want it to be. 
And ultimately, there is no right or wrong way to journaling. I just simply will sit like today. This podcast is a product of my journal entry of what do my, mo- my question or my prompt that I wrote down today was, what are the most successful clients that I have to? And I just started going off. I wrote an entire page about it. I wrote all these bullets out. Originally, I started out with seven. And I was like, well, there's a couple more things that people do. And I ended on 10. Now, for you guys, it could just be simply like, what's on my mind? And you could just simply start writing about it, right? It, getting things out of your head and onto paper allows you to think about your thoughts, right? If you've ever seen the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio called Inception, that's literally what this is. You are taking a look at your current thought structure and analyzing those thoughts. You can ask if those things that are, maybe it's something negative going on. You can ask if, you know, is this a true thing that I'm thinking or is this something I am manifesting, right? But ultimately journaling for me is just this extremely great practice. And I also have really gotten into enjoying meditation. I know a lot of people struggle with not thinking, But if you think about this for a second, being able to control your thoughts is a very good skill because if, if left to itself, your brain will continuously run on loop about different things. That's why people struggle with sleep. Uh, that's why people can't sometimes shut their mind off and just relax a little bit of time. It's because they haven't practiced the same way you practice any sport, the same way you practice technique, the same thing you practice any sort of new skill that you're trying to learn. Meditation is the exact same way. You have to train your brain to be under your control. How can you do that? Well, by practicing, by failing, by course correcting, by finding a way to, uh, to, to work around some of the issues that you have with meditation. Okay, so number two is all of my successful clients practice some sort of mindfulness. Look what works for you. You could literally go on Google. Anything you could ever want to learn is free on the internet. If you go, you type in Google mindfulness practices and just pick one of them and start working on them today. Okay, number three. All of the most successful clients I've ever had write down goals with an end date. They keep the goal, the goal. That's actually a famous quote by uh, a very well-respected strength and conditioning coach named Dan John. But he talks about keeping the goal, the goal. Now, with that being said, if we write down, so a lot of times people will just kind of think about this goal that they want to achieve, right? And then ultimately the goal can change. A lot of times that just simply comes from not writing it down. Sometimes people think a thought about a goal that they want to have, but they're scared to write it down because if they write it down, it becomes not a thought and a physical representation of a thought, right? Go back to journaling. If you write down your goal in your journal, now it becomes something powerful that will always be out in the world that you have to look and come back and come back to. I find that to be extremely powerful for a person who wants to achieve something. So number one, writing a goal down that you want to achieve, start with one, and then an end date by when you are going to do it. Sometimes I'll even encourage people to have a start date. Now, that end date is now going to hold you to actually doing the work required daily, weekly, monthly until you get to where you want to go. Now, if you take this and you break it down even deeper and how I like to do for myself is I have a yearly goal that I like to want, that I, I, try, I, I want to try to get to. For me, if you listen to a lot of my podcasts, you'll know that I, I often look at my life in pillars, right? My body, my being. My, my balance on my relationships, and then my business. I've got a goal typically for an entire year or at least six months that I'm trying to achieve for each one of those four things. I actually break those down into three-month increments throughout the year of just little benchmarks that I'm going to get to over the course of my year. 
Now, you can do the same thing with this very bullet that I'm talking about here. Writing down a long-term vision or a long-term goal that you want to get to, if it's for transformation of some sort, write down what that is. And then write down every, you know, depending on how the length of your time, break it up into fourths, break it up into thirds. What do you need to have happen for, you know, every small increment of that bigger goal or journey that you're heading to, right? Again, we're taking things and we're getting more systematic with the approach, right? We're, we're starting to create a system for our success through just a few of these bullets that I've laid out. So number three was write down goals with an end date. Number four, the most successful people that I've worked with over time are, are open to feedback, right? When we think that, you know, when we, when we suffer in silence, when we isolate, we move slower. We go faster with other people and with feedback and help. In my time, I actually struggled with this for a long time when people would say that, um, you know, would give me feedback or be critical of things that I would do. And I would often have this defensiveness and I would kind of push back to them, especially with coaches. I always thought that, you know, as a coach, I didn't need a coach. Now, obviously, you know that as for me has completely changed. I've now had a coach for consistently often or consistently for the past four years. Um, for me, I've been in the coaching industry for 10 years and I still find value in being coached and receiving feedback. I prefer my feedback to come as bluntly as possible because I don't have to think or look between the lines in the, you know, the changes that I need to make or the, the way that I need to optimize certain things that I do in my life. So for me, being open to, to honest feedback and feedback that is going to make me better has just been, been huge for me to change things in my life. So if you're a person coming to this show, I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know what you're trying to achieve, but seek coaching and allow them to give you feedback and not only to give you feedback, but to actually implement the feedback that you are receiving. Without that, you're only going to struggle and you're going to suffer in silence by yourself and not get to where you want to go. But when you allow the feedback to come and it's helpful and you implement it, big things can change. And then you don't have to fall victim to some of the biases that you may have or some of the negative stories that you may have or some of the lies that you are telling yourself about the thing that you're trying to achieve. So be open to feedback, allow somebody who you trust and Maybe preferably somebody who you pay money to because when you pay, when you, pay you pay attention. Preferably somebody that you pay money to so that when they give you feedback, you can make those changes and they have this thousand foot view over whatever you're trying to accomplish. Okay, Number five, the most successful people that I've coached in my time show up consistently in all the things that we lay out. Now, a lot of times people think so much about you know, swinging and, and hitting the home run. Right? We want to we get things done fast. We want to get things done, and we want to get things done right now. Whereas the real success that most people find, at a, you, know, you can really go and ask anybody, is the big successes that we see often aren't, quote, unquote, overnight successes. They are the, you know, the result of consistent work done for years and years and years that have slowly allowed them to change over time. Right. So rather than thinking that, you know, in whatever aspect you're trying to change, rather than thinking I need to show up, you know, every single day for the next two weeks, think, can I show up most days for the next two years? And if you can change that thought to more around consistency and less around this sprint or this rush, 
it allows the change or the result or whatever you're trying to get to to be more sustainable in nature and more achievable. Right? Because it's the same way. If we if we sprint to something, if we're if we're running and we sprint, we're probably gonna get tired and have to eventually walk. Versus if we set out on a pace and we just aim to stay consistent in that pace, we can go further and we can go longer. Okay, so the most successful people that I've worked with, and your number five out of this list, is they show up consistently. Now, number six, the most successful people that I've worked with over time work at about 80 to 90% effort most of the time. So this ties 100% in with consistency. If we're going to talk specifically about training in this, that means that in training, every single session that you do consistently should not be to a max effort. It should be to about an 80 to 90% effort, a sub-maximal effort. So we know that inside of weight training, that Maxing out every day is not necessarily the best thing because over time you won't do as much volume. You won't be able to work through progressive overload long enough. You won't be able to keep your intensity up in a sustainable way. The same thing goes in in business or in life. If we approach anything with an all-out sprint, we can't maintain versus if we just do a little bit every single day. A perfect example as far as lifestyle is concerned for this, and and I apologize if you guys hear the, the creaking. For whatever reason, my microphones are like, or my headphones are just smashing my ears today and it's super uncomfortable, but I've got to get this content out to you guys. So perfect example of working at about 80 to 90% intensity in everything in life for me is going back to, you know, setting goals and all these things. I set my yearly or my six month targets that I'm heading to, and then I break them down into smaller increments. But for me, working at max intensity would be every week trying to get 25 to 30 things done. I've done that in the past. I've taken my journal and I've written down 20 to 30 different to-do list items that I needed to get done that week. And I only found myself in this whirlwind or this frustration at the end of the week if I didn't knock out those 25 to 30 things. Now for me, 80 to 90% effort and something that I know that I can do consistently week to week is I write down five key to do tasks that I have to get done that feed my, you know, my quarterly benchmarks that feed my yearly or my six month benchmarks on top of that. All these things work in unison together. Again, systematic approach. That's how I do things. So every single week I work, I write them down on Sunday, five key items that I have to do that allows for me to give a good push during the week going towards my overall goal, but not so much of a push to where I burn out. So the same thing goes for training. The same thing goes for nutrition and my nutrition. I eat clean 80 to 90% of the time. That means that every single day I have vegetables. I have my whole protein or my whole food sources. Uh, I use supplements to a minimum. But every single week, like as an example, last week we go to my son's baseball tournament. On the way home, we picked up five guys. Uh, Shout out to five guys for making amazing cheeseburgers. I don't know what it is. This isn't a commercial for you. I know this is a fitness podcast, but I can't help myself. I love when when I'm going to have a cheat meal, I love to go there. Now, that's that 10% or that 20% of leeway. I also fit that into my macros throughout for the week. But you better believe that the rest of that day, I had my vegetables, I had my green smoothie in the morning, had some fruit with my breakfast, I made sure to hit my protein amount, and I made that work for the day, and I got a little more flexible in it, staying with my approach to nutrition at 80 to 90%. So that approach alone, whether it's training, whether it's nutrition, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's you know really any sort of transformation in any avenue of life, that is always going to be the best.
best and most effective approach. Now, moving on, number seven, the most successful clients I've ever worked with always work to sleep at least seven hours per night. If you guys go on Instagram right now and you look up the hashtag team no sleep or hustle or grind, it is a ton of people glorifying, and I felt guilty of this too, there was a ton of people glorifying sleeping less. But if you're a high-performing coach or entrepreneur and you're trying to do big things, make a lot of money, all that sorts of things, and you're not sleeping enough, you're going to be experiencing a ton of brain fog. Now, and I'll tell you a story about this. Last, my last yearly, you know, sitting down, I do this thing every year called the fact map, which is kind of, I look at, you know, what are the things that happened in the year prior and what do I want to do based off of those things that happened to me in the year prior? What do I want to do in the year upcoming? For me, I've always focused in my body on gaining muscle, performing more, competitions, being strong for a particular sport. For me, it's jujitsu. Um, I've always framed all of my body goals around some sort of body composition, strength, or performance-based thing. Now, this past year, I realized that as a man who has three kids, three, two different businesses, a wife, clients to take care of, two podcasts, all of the things that I'm doing, it is pretty silly at this point for me to try to perform at a high level in any sort of thing. I need to be more thinking about what is my long-range goal for me? What is the bigger success that I am really uh, tied to or that I'm really um, interested in? For me, the, the thing that I want to change the most and the thing that I want to do is I want to be extremely helpful as a coach. I want to help to change people's lives. The coaching mentor clients that I have that I work with, I want to help them improve their business at the highest level possible. If you're a coach looking to get any sort of mentoring, right, go back to being open to feedback. If you're a person, if you're a coach coming to this show and you're looking for some sort of mentorship, somebody that has made hundreds of mistakes and has learned how to work around those, make sure to shoot me an email at the end of the show. My contact information is in the link or is in the show notes of this podcast. I would love to hop on a strategy call and make sure that we are a great fit to work together. But uh, that being said, I have found that one of my biggest issues in my body that support, you know, that was holding me back from reaching that overall goal that I, or that overall purpose or reasoning why I want to do something in life was tied to my sleep patterns. For probably the past two years, I lived on <clears throat> four to five hours of sleep every single night. You know, two years ago, my wife and I had our, our, our youngest son which meant team no sleep, which meant night feedings, which meant feeling my wife get out of, in and out of bed when she was doing the feedings. A lot of issues kind of came with that. And I ran on that low sleep amount for years. Now, what I didn't know, because now I'm sleeping at least seven hours a night, uh, four out of seven nights per week, what I didn't realize was that I had brain fog every single day. My creativity was down, my stress level was up, my anxiety was higher than it ever was. I couldn't think straight and I, my patience was down. When I just simply added in, and, and what I, well, when I simply realized that, I started to, I, I made it one of my goals to sleep you know, seven hours per night, most nights of the week, and that has been a great change for me and it has allowed me to produce on a higher level. Another side effect of that is I've also noticed that I'm performing better in the gym, that a lot of my aches and pains have gone away. A lot of the mobility issues that I had have also gone away. My digestion is better. My patience is up, all because I just simply added more sleep. And when I looked at all the clients that I've worked with, and not only myself, that have found success, they have made it a priority to sleep more than those who do not. 
So if you're a person coming to this show, simply sleeping more, right? I, I, literally, <laughs> I listened to a podcast one time that was called Sleep, You Big Dummy. And I literally thought the show was about me because it, it just made me think about some of the issues that I've had over the years and how I thought that I could do things without sleeping. And it's such a simple thing, but it's not an easy thing to do. It's easy to stay up late at night and to watch your Netflix, to watch your Hulus, to you know, scroll on Instagram and Facebook and see what your friends are doing and watch YouTube videos. It is very easy to do that. It is not as easy to get in bed early and to learn how to shut your brain off. So work on that, add that into your life. That's another piece of the puzzle for all the most successful people that I have found. Number eight, the most successful people that I work with over time have a growth mindset. A number of years ago, I actually went and spoke to a group of church leaders about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And ultimately, I have found that when we always work on improving um, the, the, the way we are as people, being a better person, showing up bigger and better, providing more value, creating more impact. And again, if you're just a person who's looking for transformation and, and, you're, and that's how you're coming to this show, knowing that reading more, learning more, being more is almost always going to get you closer to your goal faster because you're going to be always constantly chasing this information. And, and recently I was talking with a client who was really kind of in this place of struggling a lot. He was having issues with work and, and kind of, you know, stuck in these different patterns and allowing certain things to kind of roll over him. And, and I, what I shared with him is that sometimes we have to chase growth. We have to draw inspiration from other places. We have to put more good in than the bad that is coming in to win and to be successful. So I encouraged him to start listening to podcasts, to start reading, to start finding blogs, to find a YouTube video that would be motivational in nature because we need to work on him growing his mindset and being open to trying to be bigger, trying to be better, trying to be more versus letting things happen to us. Sometimes people can find themselves in this place where they are more reactive to the different stimuluses that come around versus being more proactive in the sort of things that they want to change in their life. So focus on being growth mindset. Focus on, you know, being bigger and better and trying to put more good things into your life than bad and just watch your life change exponentially from just simply doing that. Okay, number nine, most successful people that I've seen or that I've worked with celebrate the small wins, right? If we want to kind of go back to what I talked about earlier with, uh, showing up consistently or consistently and the intensity in which you should approach success. One of those things that I hit on was kind of kind of circling around this thing. I heard this this kind of analogy a long time ago from uh, a guy by the name of Garrett White, and he said this thing, and it really made me make sense. It really made sense in my mind. He talked about simply hitting singles every single day. So I played baseball for a number of years. I played it from probably about six years old all the way up until my senior year of high school. And um, one of the big things that I never paid attention to, and, and really I was guilty of this, is every time I got up, at the, got up to the plate, I wanted to knock the snot out of the ball. I wanted to hit the leather right off the ball, and I wanted to hit it over the fence. I was a big guy. I was a strong guy. I wanted to just do everything I could to make the most powerful contact with that baseball possible because I wanted to hit that home run. I wanted the, you know, the fulfillment that came from that. I wanted the celebration that came from that. I wanted the affirmation that came from that. And a lot of times this led to me going up and completely striking out. 
Now, when we think about the other mindset of just hitting a single, what if I would have went up and just focused on hitting that line drive and into left center and just getting on first base? And then what if every teammate on my team did the same thing? I got on base, then the person behind me got on base, and then the person behind me got on base. Now we're talking, I've got three people on base. Now every single after that is a run scored. The same thing goes and applies to life. A small win is your single. Having that, small, that, that victory at first doesn't feel like you're changing much. It doesn't feel like you're making big moves. But what happens is these things compound over time. And we have to celebrate these small wins and be excited about them because those are the ones that move the needle the biggest in our life. So focusing on small wins and celebrating the very simple things you did, like maybe you hit your macros this day. Maybe you hit your macros the next day. Maybe you hit your macros and had a great training session. These small wins stack. And then over time, you can make big change in your life. So the number nine thing that all the most successful clients that I've ever worked with done, and really all the most successful people that I've ever seen in my life have done, is they always celebrate the small wins and focus on hitting singles. Now, this last one is one of the most important staples that I've added into my life in the past five years. It is ones that I have coached and talked to clients on and ones that I've found through other coaches that I know well and other people that I know in the fitness industry um, from what they have shared with their clients do well is every single week, this is your number 10, every single week out of all the most successful clients that I have done, all of them reflect and course correct weekly. Now, for me, I do this thing called the General's 10. I have this weird mindset, and you may laugh when you hear this, but it works for me, and, and you know, find what works for you as well. I think of my life as I am the king of my castle. My wife is the queen. My sons are all the princes of our castle. Now, when I leave my castle and I go to the gym, and I work, and I coach people, and I go out in the marketplace, and I go and I make contacts in my local community, I'm going to war. I'm hunting the buffalo. I am going to war with my goals, with the things that I want to change in my life, with the negative mindsets that people have because I want to change them. I'm going to battle. Now, I turn, I go from king into general. Now, every single week, I have to sit down and reflect on the war that I fought and the battles that I experienced, right? So I call this thing the general's tent. So I sit down in the general's tent, which is typically my office or the counter in my kitchen, and I pull out my journal, and I just start taking a look at all the things that I did that week, all the to-do items that I accomplished. Did I knock out those key items in my 80 to 90% effort that I spoke on? Am I going towards my goals? What are some of the negative things that I experienced? What were some of the struggles and the shortcomings and the insights and the lessons that I learned this week? I write all these things down. And ultimately, as I move into the next and upcoming week, did I mess up my meal prep? If so, why did I mess it up? Okay, cool. What do I need to do to change that? The same thing with my coaching and my business. What were some of the struggles that I had? What were some of the lessons learned? How can I optimize? How can I change? How can I update some of the things that I need to do? Course correcting every single week allows me to right the ship. You know, when I, I spent time in the Navy, I spent four years in the Navy, I spent another four years as a reservist also in the Navy. My job in the Navy was, I was actually part, uh, well, one of the jobs of what I did in the Navy was navigation. Now, 
What's funny about navigation is most people think that you get on a ship, they pick a GPS coordinate and they start going and they get there in a straight line. Whereas on a ship, every three minutes we would plot uh, essentially a point on this giant nautical map. On that nautical map, what I started to notice was it never was a straight line. We would drift side to side. And it was almost very, uh, almost like a winding stream or river that you would see on a geological map. Now, the reason why is because we were in a big ship, there's wind, there's currents, there are uh, micro adjustments that are made on the helm, the steering wheel of the ship, that would ultimately throw us off course from time to time. Now, we would use these small points to make our small course corrections over and over again as we would head to our destination. And I would actually hear these things as I would spend time and I would stand watch on the bridge of the ship. That was where they would essentially pilot and drive the ship. As I would spend time up there, you would hear the, the, the navigational officers calling out the new direction that he wanted the driver to turn to. He was course correcting. So the same things apply in your life, in your transformation, in your business, in your coaching practice, really in anything you do. Every single week, you may get off course. Now, sometimes if you don't make that course correction, you could go in the complete wrong direction, right? Uh, like a five-degree misdirection on uh, a naval ship could end you in another country. The same thing happens in your life. If you do not make that course correction, if you do not optimize the direction that you are heading in, you will likely not head into the direction that you had hoped. So every single week, sitting down and readjusting and course correcting on some of the things that took place and some of the things that you want to take place upcoming allows you, again, to get to that, that point that you want to head to without having to worry about missing the mark. Well, you guys, that is 10 of the most successful thing or of the habits and characteristics of all the most successful clients that I've experienced in my 10 plus years of coaching. If you just simply take one of those and start to implement them in your, in your life, I guarantee you will show up and be in a different place in a, in a, in a certain amount of time from when you listen to this. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. I hope that it was impactful. If you have any follow-up questions, again, you can reach out to me on social media. You can simply hit the email link in the show notes of this episode, and I would love to start a conversation with you. Thank you guys so much for joining me today, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.